Welcome everyone. I am Starstruck Gamer, aka JSTAR, and I am the host of Right Now in the UFC. This all started as a short form blog that I was writing one day, and I decided, you know, there are a few good UFC podcasts out there, and they all seem to be lacking one thing. Me. So I decided it was time to take my writing and put it on the airwaves, and hopefully fans can catch my frequency. Now before we go into the episode, I want to give a special shout out to at Boo Buttons Boutique for agreeing to collab to create some swag for the show, which will later be featured on my website. And lastly, I want to give a very special shout out to my partner in crime, my partner. Happy birthday, Bubba. You're a great man and I hope you have a great birthday. All right, guys, in today's episode, season one, episode one. First and foremost, thank you for being with me. But in today's episode, we're going to go over last event, uh, the Vera versus Tate. That event, uh, we're going to touch base on the event coming up on December 4th, which is uh, fought first Aldo. And then we're going to hit uh, around the octagon, the news and gossip. So we're going to touch on those items. But first off, let's uh, start off with last week's event, Vera versus Tate. So first and foremost, I just want to say a lot of people are going to have mixed feelings about this. I think Tate is back. I think she's been back. I think she looks better than she has ever. Um, she's a vet. She's still a legend. She's fought some of the biggest names, you know, the Ronda Rousey's, the Nunes, the Holmes, names like that, names that carry weight, that are well-known in the UFC, legendary names, belt holder names. Uh, champions. She's beat them. She's fallen to them. She's been around the octagon for a while. She's a legend in every sense of the word. Now this new Tate style though, I have, I, I just, I, I need to say something about it. You can tell that she's moving around a lot more. She's not as stationary as she used to be. She's got a lot of head movement. She's moving around a lot. She's aggressively throwing a lot of jabs. The thing with Vieira and her, and I think this is what didn't work in her benefit was the the fact that Vieira so long Misha even still moving and ducking and bobbing and stuff she couldn't get to her so she was getting hit with everything that Vieira was you know throwing out because Vieira had the reach but Tate, Tate couldn't get in there so it, it made her one it made her um, strikes a little less impactful but also it just didn't allow her to get in close enough to actually make anything happen. She would, she would connect on a few, but it wasn't like normal, you know, standing right in front of somebody exchanging when you guys have similar reach. So the reach advantage of Vieira to Tate definitely played a part in this actual fight. Um, Vieira, I, I can't say enough about her. She's number five now, I believe it was. Is she a next contender? Hard to say. Rank number five, she was seven or eight below or before, I believe. So she very well could be the next contender. It's very possible. She has a huge background. She's a black belt in judo, I believe it was. And then she's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu as well. Um, she has a lot of skills and I can only imagine that she has what it takes, especially if it goes down to the ground or where she actually has to put 
some of those, you know, black belt skills into uh, the fight itself. Um, she's durable. I mean, just looking at it, I can tell that just fighting Tate, she, I don't want to say that she took a beating because she didn't necessarily, but you can tell that she can withstand, you know, getting hit in the face a few times, rolling around. She has the endurance. She's durable, it looks like. But there's also a lot of big names that are still on the roster um, in that weight class that kind of make you question whether or not she is the next, you know, title contender kind of thing because above her is still, I think it was Aldana, uh, Pena's up there still. I think Holly Holmes is still like one or two. Those all lie ahead and all those fighters still lie ahead. So being at number five, she still has a couple spots. I think that it would be wise. I mean, Nunez and Holly Holmes and Pena and Tate, they've all fought each other. I hope that they don't just try and fast track Vieira. I hope that they actually make her fight another fight, maybe even two, um, or, you know, fighting Tate again before the title, but kind of depends on how tight, uh, Tate's next fights go. So I hope that they make her fight like at least one more, but probably two before she gets to the title. I think she would have to beat Holly Holmes before or Holly Holm before she would get a chance at the title. That's just my opinion. Kind of moving on from Tate and uh, Vieira, the fight of the night. I I, I went back and forth and, and I kind of like a lot of people. I wasn't really too keen on some of the fights, but then also some of them really stood out. The uh, Michael Chiesa and the Sean Brady, that fight was good. Um, and then the Davy Grant and the Adrian Yanez, that really caught my attention. Those two fights. So I'm going to say fight of the night to me was a tie between those two. The Brady fight, though, I, you know, I, I think that if the fight went any longer, I believe that in the end, Sean Brady was kind of gassing out. I mean, he would never show it, obviously, because he's a tough kid. But, I mean, Michael, he's a vet. He's been around. He has the stamina. I think that if the you know fight did actually end up going longer, I think that his cardio and stamina you know, would be enough to overcome anything that Brady had left at that point in the tank. So I think that it's very possible Michael ends up winning that fight <clears throat> if it goes into the latter rounds. Uh, but unfortunately, it did not, and Brady got the win, and it uh, it was a good fight. Um, proud of Brady. He's an upcoming fighter. I would like to see uh, Mr. Michael win and being from the Northwest as well, but, you know, things happen, fights happen, and it's anybody's fight at any given time, and that's why I love this sport. The Davy Grant and uh, Yanez fight, though, I mean, the composure of Adrian Yanez, uh, he's just... I mean, that's how he won. His composure is just second to none. Um, if the fight went longer, though, I just, I wonder if Davy Grant had something else or was starting to figure him out, which didn't really look like it, but I guess it's a possibility. Yanez is a contender. I, you know, I don't necessarily like all the trash talk that Sean O'Malley and uh, him are kind of giving back and forth. I think that. O'Malley has found a place in the UFC for himself, um, trying to make a name off of, you know, the him being a little bit obscene and the bad boy, wild child kind of thing, which I get it, but you're making some pretty bold comments and call outs, so we'll see. But Yanez, you know, playing into it and giving it back, I, I get it. And then them kind of having that petty little beef, 
I get it. It builds, you know, it builds the storyline and sells tickets, but I don't think that that fight's going to happen very soon. If it does, great. But I think that Yanez has a couple fights ahead of him before he can start, you know, getting into the top 10. That could change. And the rankings always seem to change. And the the fights that you think are next or whatnot don't seem to uh, end up that way. So we'll see what the UFC has planned. (laughs) And then also that that event, I'm going to honorable mention here. So Vera and Tate, that was a great fight. We kind of reviewed that. And then the fight of the night tie between the two fights, like I mentioned, but honorable mention for that, that event it's DC on forgetting Sean Brady's name after saying it a dozen times. I don't blame him. It's a tough job, but I I just thought it was so funny because being live on the air, you don't really get the opportunity to correct yourself. (laughs) You don't get the, uh, second chance because it's all live and everybody's hearing it in real time. So he kind of just left at that. And then luckily his, uh, co-host there was able to pick him up and help him uh, recover from that. However, I will say, I think it was super cool that DC ended up coming and kind of making it right, but he owned it. Uh, he went during Brady's interview, uh, his post fight interview, he went in there and kind of interrupted, but said, Hey, basically, sorry, more or less. And said, Hey, I, I see a lot of people. I interview a lot of people. It is what it is. I'm sorry. My bad. So. Brady made a comment about it. It was kind of cool. This is going to be important here because this is going to be regarding the fight that's coming up on December 4th, uh, 2021. This is the font versus Aldo. Now this is a big fight for a couple of reasons. Uh, this is in Las Vegas or I guess enterprise Nevada, I should say at the apex center, but font is, I don't want to say underrated, but he's, he's known, but he's getting to a point where I think that, People have taken note and know that he's a good fighter, but he's lost some key fights that people may have lost a little interest in him. So might be one of those things where this is a proving fight, especially since him and Qatar have made up now. So if he wins this fight, I think it's it's very possible that his name starts being seen a little bit more and in some different spots. <clears throat> but Font and Aldo, it's going to be a good fight. Aldo's a veteran of the Octagon. We all know that. Font coming in with 19 wins, four losses. Now, eight of those have gone by way of knockout. However, seven have gone to decision. So my first thought, kind of thinking of Aldo's fighting style and Font and kind of watching him lately. Will this, you know, is this fight going to go to decision? Or is it going to be, you know, regarded or is it going to be resulting in a knockout? Because between Aldo, and I'll get into Aldo, a little bit of Aldo's stats here in a minute, because Font had enough fights go to decision to where he didn't clearly win, so it had to go to a decision, or, you know, it left it in somebody else's hands. He didn't finish the fight, more or less. So, is it going to go to decision, or is Font going to let Aldo catch his lightning fast hands? Who knows? Aldo being, uh, let's see... 30 and 7 uh with 17 knockouts and 12 decisions. He is not a stranger from letting a fight go to decision as well it looks like, but also 17 knockouts. And just looking at him, I mean he's a man child. He has the power, he has the speed. He's been in the ring with the, you know, in the octagon with the best of them. 
he could very well knock Font out. It could be in the first round. It could be in the second round. Who knows? Who really knows? Anything could happen. I mean, it's any any fighter's fight on any given night. Everybody knows that you get caught slipping one time. That's all it takes. Being the veteran of the octagon, though, and seeing a large number of fighting styles, um, I think that he'll be able to keep up with font speed. I, I think that that's not going to be a problem for him necessarily. Although Aldo, Aldo's career has had a lot of ups and downs to where he's unfortunately lost some fights that he shouldn't have lost. And he's, you know, a couple of fights where he's looked untouchable at times. And then the other times he's looked almost sluggish and a little bit unprepared. Can't forget about the the memorable Conor McGregor and Aldo fight where he just simply wasn't prepared and wasn't ready and Conor caught him with a quick one and that's unfortunately how it happens is you you know take your eyes off the ball for one second it's going to pass you and boom Conor caught him. So um yeah it's just one of those things that anybody can get it. And uh, I think that my prediction is I think that Font's going to end up putting up a good fight. I think he might get a couple good hits, but I think ultimately Aldo is going to be too much for him. I think the experience, him being a veteran, having more fights, uh, being exposed to people like McGregor and stuff like that, I think I think that's going to be Aldo's fight. I think he's going to end up winning this. So uh, we'll see. I'm excited to watch it, but we'll see. Some of the other fights, though, that I'm, you know, very much interested in seeing, and it's kind of an underrated card in a sense. I mean, looking at it, if you look at all the fights, some people may or may not understand who's on the card and who's not, but Clay Guida, uh, Jimmy Crute, Rafael, Pazeev, and Chris Curtis. Those are my picks. That's who I expect uh, to do big things, you know, that evening on December 4th and this upcoming weekend. I expect these guys all to have a big evening. I, I think with the exception of Guida, no offense, I think uh, I have a suspicion that a few of these fights are going to end with a knockout and probably a good one. Uh, all these guys that I mentioned, they they have the power. They have been known to knock people out, and I think it'll be a good fight. Now, the reason I left out Guida wasn't out of disrespect. I'm actually a big fan. I actually just posted on my story about him today on Instagram and uh which you can follow me at it's at starstruck underscore gamer. Check me out, look at my stories. Um but I actually just posted about him because they did a highlight clip of him belching in between fights and at weigh ins and stuff and the dude's just a monster. It it you love it. You gotta love it. But watching him uh you know over the years I I didn't add him into this KO uh grouping because as he does have the power and does have the capability, I truly think that he's going to submit his opponent. He has a strong ground game. The guy doesn't quit. He won't tap. Um, I think that if the position or the opportunity presents itself, I think that he has a very, very big chance of submitting, um, as he's been known to do in the past. So on this card, there's a lot of good fights. There's a lot of great preliminary fights. Fights, you know, that people may or may not realize who they are, like I stated. Uh, a couple of people that I want to mention is the William Knight and Alonzo Minifield fight. Now, if anybody's watching the Alonzo Minifield fights, 
or any of his career fights, they know that the guy's a monster. He is a beast, and I think that he is, I don't want to say underrated, but I think he's getting to a point that he's up and coming. He's getting a little bit of, um, you know, popularity around him based on his last fights and stuff. But I, man, the guy, he's a monster. He has the punk, you know, that he packs a punch. He has the power to knock somebody out. I don't necessarily think that William Knight is going to stand there and let Alonzo punch him in the face and knock him out. But I think that Alonzo is more of a all around, you know, agile athlete to Williams, you know, almost stationary, big bodied, you know, person that is going to be less movement, more power kind of thing. I think Alonzo's going to, I don't want to say out, you know, uh, out cardio him or out and, you know, his endurance is going to outlast him. But I think if it comes down to it and William uh, Knight gets exhausted from throwing punches, which, you know, just looking at his body and the way he fights, it looks like he, you know, loads up a lot and he exerts himself a lot with punching. So I think that if Alonzo plays it safe, plays it slow i think that he has a good chance of outlasting night and uh you know potentially knocking him out especially you know if you're fatigued and doesn't take much especially get hit in the head kind of thing as we all know and we've all seen this is going to be a a bold prediction i know but i'm going to go ahead and call it now i say alonzo minifield uh he gets a performance of the night bonus and I think it's going to be by way of him knocking him out, knocking out Knight. Uh, I'm calling it now. You heard it here. Right now in the UFC, episode one, season one, Wednesday, 7 p.m., gets released. I called it. So moving on, guys, I'm going to uh, just kind of stop for a second and just plug my social media here just so you guys are familiar with it. Um, again, I really cannot say enough. Boo Buns Boutique. I'm excited to work. I'm excited to create some stuff. Thank you very much. Go over to Instagram, follow them. Like I stated, it's at Boo Buns Boutique. And on mine, you can head over to my Instagram, uh, which is, like I stated, at Starstruck underscore gamer. You can follow me there. Uh, or my personal one, it's uh, Starstruck26 on Instagram. Um, or you can follow me at my website. You'll see my blogs there you'll see some photography stuff, my tech and gaming, whatnot, and some of my writing. Uh, you can also follow me on YouTube, starstruck underscore gamer, kind of all the same. Follow me on there. All right. So back into it. Um, so now we're going to head into a little section called around the octagon and around the octagon is when we talk about the gossip and news, which I'm going to be going into that stuff. Um, once an episode, uh, it's going to be a little small segment and, uh, it'll be, uh, just basically what's going on. Some of the headlines, some of the stuff that's being said, some of the rumors and the gossip mill and stuff like that. So getting into it here, uh, first and foremost, has anybody seen pictures of Cody Garbrandt dropping down from flyweight, uh, dropping down to flyweight, excuse me, from bantamweight, man. That guy, whoa, yikes, that guy is shredded, and he is looking very thin. I mean, that guy's like a toothpick. If he turned sideways, I mean, I don't know that you would see him, but 
Uh, yeah, he's looking very thin, very thin, but shredded. He looks, you know, strong. Um, I'm excited to see what he comes up with. I think going down, I I liked him at Bantamweight. I think that that's where he belongs, which probably a lot of people would agree, but I think that he's going to be a, you know, very strong flyweight, uh, lean, quick. I mean, he's already super fast. Everybody knows he's lightning fast, especially look at his last fight when, you know, ducks down and comes back up with the right hook right at the buzzer. I mean, the guy has got hands and he's quick. Uh, I think that moving down and dropping, you know, the weight, I think it's going to allow him, as long as, you know, his condition and cardio is there, which I believe it is, um, I think that he's going to be even faster, which you think about, it's <laughs> pretty scary uh, being that fast. So we'll see. But if he is to lose this fight, uh, you know, He's been around a while. He's had the belt. We know he's a good fighter. We know he's an athlete. I think he's like a cowboy Cerrone uh, that isn't going to go away too quick. I think that he's going to stick around. Um, I think that he's, you know, fighter that he's a fighter's fighter. Uh, he likes to be in the octagon. He likes fighting. He likes training. He likes the mind state. I just, I don't know that if he loses this one, where it's going to go from there whether he's going to stay in the flyweight or if he's going to move up to bantamweight um, and try and finish out there. Uh, if there's going to be rumors of a Sean O'Malley fight as they've had some exchanges on uh, social media a couple times, it, it's kind of hard to say, but uh, anything's possible. I think that I don't want to say a money fight, but I think a big promotional fight would be Sean O'Malley and Cody Garbrandt. Uh, but uh I don't know. I, I I think that's far off. I, I think that Garbrandt would almost feel like, you know, he would have to lower himself down, you know, fame wise and popularity wise to fight somebody like that. I think that he holds himself at a higher standard, uh, especially, I mean, as far as skill goes, I think that he thinks he might. And, you know, I could be misspoke speaking, excuse me. And if I am, I apologize. But I think that he holds himself at a higher standard, and I think that he's a he believes that he's a higher caliber fighter, and he and deserves to be fighting higher caliber fighters, which I don't necessarily agree with, but um, I think that it, it would be a good fight. But who's to say? Who's to say? Just talk and just uh, shit talking at this point. Did anybody hear? rampage jackson talking all that nonsense on instagram and during the uh arwani i think it was interview i think it was i can't remember but man i I caught a glimpse of it for a second on a like an instagram reel he said that he wants a check instead of hall of fame nomination uh for the time he spent in the ufc which I mean, I get it. He he made a lot of money for the UFC, but, you know, so did X amount of fighters. Um, so many other people that you can name that have done the same, if not more, for the UFC. And, you know, they're getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, which it's a big thing. I think that it, it does say something, but Rampage went on to say that uh, he would rather have a check issued to him rather than the Hall of Fame. He He doesn't think that the Hall of Fame means anything in relation to the time and energy and dedication that he spent into the UFC, which I kind of get where he's coming from. But at the same time, it's like, 
Hall of Fame? Come on, man. Your name, you know, your legacy. It's what people remember you by. And when they reference the greats, you're in the Hall of Fame. You would be a great. So you're going to throw that away for a check, which you're already getting from other promotions. I doesn't make sense. But uh, what I wanted to get as he was saying some crazy stuff and it just kind of made me laugh. But he was saying that the UFC and Bellator uh, should be worried about their new promotion, the Triller Triad combat promotion that he had. Um, he was saying stuff about they should be worried and that it's the best of both worlds. First off, UFC has been around for how long? Bellator came around. PFL came around. Uh, just, I mean, all these different ones were here and then they're gone or they're still here, but none of them been able to, you know, put the UFC away. None of them have been able to overtake what the UFC has built. I think that the UFC is going to be here for quite a while. I don't think that Bellator has, I think Bellator or Bare Knuckle possibly um, have the greatest chance as far as audience and promotion and, you know, uh, fighters. But other than that, I don't think anybody's going to overthrow what the UFC has built and the contracts and stuff like that. It's just for him to say that I don't, I just, I don't agree with it. Uh, and then Khabib later on is going to be bringing in his, I think it was called Gorilla Fighting uh, Club or something. Gorilla FC, I think it was. Um, and Khabib ended up, he's an investor or he bought it. I would, I would have to confirm the details on that, so don't quote me. But uh, he's bringing the Eagle FC into play. And we'll see what that's like. I guess he's been holding a lot of fights over in his home country. Uh, I think they've had like 12 fights or 12 promotions now. Uh, haven't seen one, but heard about it. So kind of curious to see what that's going to lead to. Which another promotional, you know, uh, event or avenue in addition to all the ones that we already have access to at this point. So what's one more, right? Let's call the Paul brothers up and get Jake over here. I'm just joking. Nobody wants that. No UFC wants Jake Paul anywhere near an octagon except to beat the shit out of him. But other than that, they just, people can't stand him. Neither can I. And... Unfortunately, he's got a lot of people fooled that he's a good boxer and all sorts of stuff, but he hasn't fought in anybody. I mean, Woodley was his biggest challenge, I feel like. Uh, Fury's going to possibly, you know, uh, get the win over him, but could be staged. Who knows? Who cares? But I think that he needs to fight somebody crazy. Uh, I think put Nate Diaz in there against him and see what happens. Uh, or even Nick, man. Uh, and I know Nick's old, but anyway. Went off on a tangent, but how many promotions does there need to be uh, within the fighting community? There's so many. It's just, it's crazy. But good for Khabib. Good for Khabib. Um, moving on, moving on. So we had Colby. Uh, he was doing an interview where he kept calling uh, uh, Hazmat, I believe, or Hamzat, uh, shot. I almost said it right off the bat. And he kept call referring to him that as that. So. Um, I think that's going to stir up some stuff because, uh, he's already been calling out people. He wants to wrestle, you know, DC, he wants to 
fight all these people he keeps sending twitters you know tweets out and stuff like that i think that he's getting a little ahead of himself but the guy's a beast so i say hey put him up to the you know challenge and see if he can hold his own put him in there with somebody that you know people think that would be a good fit that he may or may not make it out but yeah Kobe's just running his mouth about Hamzat and uh going off I I don't know I just uh I wouldn't want to be called cum shot repeatedly uh on uh online but we'll see what Dana and Shelby and all them end up uh lining up and seeing if uh, they can get a fight scheduled uh, for this gentleman and see who who he'll end up fighting next he reminds me of connor almost the hamzat um the way connor calls people out and is almost like that annoying gnat that just keeps running his mouth and keeps flying around and you can't get rid of them no matter how hard you try and they're just always there until they get what they want um i think that's kind of I'm going to draw a comparison there um, just to stir the pot for themselves so they can get the fight they want is essentially what they're doing. Sometimes it works. I I mean, I think it's working with the Colby and Usman thing. I think it'll work with the Colby fighting uh, Jorge fight. Jorge versus Leon didn't work out. So now Colby's calling him out and using that as leverage. You know, it's very possible. Very, very possible. I guess if you create enough, you know, hype around a certain fighter or certain people, uh, it'll probably happen. Who knows? So that wraps up around the octagon. Um, what we can look forward to in the next episode, uh, we'll go over the results of the fight card, um, that we're going to be witnessing on the fourth. Um, and then also we will be going over, um, deep dive into the you know the following week's ufc 269 which if you haven't seen that card yet whoa uh in my opinion it could very very well be the most rounded card of the year um that's the Oliveira and poirier fight and there's so many names on that card it's ridiculous uh from the main card to the preliminaries to the early prelims there's so many names, so many names and so many fights on there. I would definitely go and check it out so you can kind of anticipate what fights are on when and uh, what to look for. You should watch all of them, but there's some good fights and that's a good card and I think it's going to sell a lot of tickets. Uh, Sean O'Malley's on that one. I believe that's he's on the main card. He's the first fight of the main card. I would have to confirm that, but I'm excited. It's going to have a lot of action and uh, it's coming up. So stay tuned in and uh, we'll make sure to go over all that in depth uh, on the next one. All right, guys, I want to take time and uh, thank everybody for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others. Please post about it on social media or leave a rating or a review or both or all of them. Um, and to catch the latest from me, you can follow me over on Instagram at Starstruck Gamer or at Starstruck26, um, as I mentioned before, or on Twitter, Starstruck G, uh, or again, my website, which there will be links to. And uh, thank you very much. I hope you all come back on the next one, and uh, we'll see you then. Thank you.